Welcome to Broken Lands, a podcast about reparations and honoring our treaties, produced by the Northeastern Minnesota Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and Together Here Ministries, in cooperation with Walks Back Collective. I'm your host, Matthew Cobb, a priest and pastor serving in Indian Country in the lands we now call Minnesota. This five-episode podcast series is a deep dive and contextualization of the Duluth reparations offered by the Northeastern Minnesota Synod to the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe that occurred in October of 2022. Our intention is to have meaningful conversations with Lutherans involved in this action as well as Native people in this region about the context of this decision, the importance of treaties, and the future of how we might live well together. In this episode, I speak with the Director of American Indian Education in Minnesota's Carleton School District, Kevin Cott, about one of America's defining and destructive myths, the popular conception of Thanksgiving, which whitewashes the disturbing realities of settler colonialism. Kevin speaks about the importance of decolonizing our minds from these types of narratives in order for us to live well together. We also cover how that relates to some of our biblical narratives. The Israelites had a lot of Egyptian in them, right? They had a lot of that thinking and the way things were, were to be. And you have to get rid of that. We begin the discussion with Kevin introducing himself and telling us about his role as an educator. Name is Nibwaka Nini Bidabin Indijnikaz. That's my uh, Anishinaabe name. Mukwanindo uh, Dame, that's my clan, which is Bear Clan. Ngamishkwabakan, that's my community, which is uh, Red Cliff up in northern Wisconsin. Um, I always like to say that. It kind of centers me when I have to say who I am that way. <clears throat> uh, currently, I'm a American Indian Education Coordinator for the Carleton School District in Minnesota. Uh, so that's my job right now. So today we're um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of come from from your place, you know, where you're coming from, you know, the context you're in, and um, we're gonna look towards that time when you know the school district, you know, they start to get out the pilgrim hats and the feathers, and they start. And, and can see the kids in the kindergarten in the first grade second grade and they start doing this uh this thing called uh the national holiday of thanksgiving but uh really as as we all are trying to understand you know those people that came over from europe they were suffering a lot of uh post-traumatic stress and maybe even persecution from a religious standpoint they were coming here to be free of their so they could practice their religion so but they're they're showing up with a lot of collective trauma in their bodies and i know you deal with that on a daily basis with their own children um and so they brought that trauma here and then it kind of just was dead on arrival that 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 concept of thanksgiving because they they just started discharging all these negative emotions on the land and the people and there's no other way to tell it. It was, it was kind of that way. It, and that's coming from my, you know, white uh, perspective. And I've tried to educate, educate myself, but I, I'd really love to hear from you. And especially for our listeners to understand, uh, you know, what's, what is this thing we call Thanksgiving holiday? You know, from, from what I understand of uh, 
this kind of origin of Thanksgiving. Um, <clears throat> you know, part of it, you know, well, we know what, we know what the myth kind of is, right? That the narrative t tends to go that here we had these friendly Indians, you know, and of course they're not identified either, right? But exactly. They're never identified. And they welcome to the pilgrims to this place here and have this great meal together, teaching them how to live in this new world, you know. And, uh, but basically the story is going that here they are, these natives are handed off America to these white Europeans. And they, you know, the problem is they don't identify what that tribe is. Who are the Wapanon? What is their story in this? And part of their story in this is this is not the first meeting that they ever people from anywhere else. They've had over a hundred years of this experience. Not only that, when the uh, pilgrims came off that Mayflower, they already had two English speaking uh, people. And it's like, well, how did they learn to speak English? Well, what we don't tell is part of that story when these had these other contacts, you know, these other contacts, you know, these people were taken as slaves back to Europe. So this is where they learned how to speak English and then come back. So they already knew how to speak English. They had a couple of people who could speak it. So, you know, you know, the people, these people were the Wampanoags, you know, and not only before that, when, the, when this people, these pilgrims came, you know, this gathering together wasn't about this friendly uh, aspect of what we do. It was really about because these people had had an epidemic that ravaged their people before the pilgrims ever came. And I think it was estimated almost two thirds of their, their population was wiped out. They're old and they're young, like most two main groups of their people. And so when these pilgrims came and having this dinner, this feast together, this was more about creating an alliance with them so, because, you know, they always had some rivals around them, you know, and, and since their, their population was decimated, you know, they wanted to come into an, uh, an agreement with these pilgrims, right? And this was an alliance. This was all more, this was not about this great feast together. It was really more about survival, you know, and how we we're going to create this alliance. But then, you know, that, that uh, whenever these Pilgrims would, you know, when they would start out, when they would start having these Thanksgiving, recognizing that Thanksgiving day in the beginning, they never had a great meal. It was what they were doing during that time was more they were fasting and praying, right? It was never about this big meal, you know? And so when we start to look at the origins, when this started coming up, and when we look around, I think they were talking about like around in the, 1769 or so is when this, this started coming up from the descendants of these pilgrims of, of creating this story, right? They wanted to create this story that the uh, that the, these pilgrims were kind of the founders of America. And that's the story they wanted. And that's the story that started to take hold, right? And it became very popular. It became so popular that when you come up into Abraham Lincoln's time, he's the one that made Thanksgiving a holiday during the Civil War because he was trying to mm -hmm. unite everyone. 
And so we go all the way back into there, right? Mm-hmm. But then we never tell much after that. We never tell how this Thanksgiving and this whole deal was, you know, we never get into the King Philip Wars, right? King, right. Philip, King Philip isn't really uh, anybody from Europe. You know, at that time, you know, a lot of the Wapanog and others were taken on English names. And this, this uh, particular Wapanog leader was named Philip. And so they were trying to unite themselves together enough to try and push back all these colonists who kept taking more and more lands and recognizing if they didn't do something, they were going to become enslaved to these Europeans and they would have no land no more. And really, that kind of leads me to, to how this connects for me as an Ojibwe person is our stories of our, you know, the seven fires prophecies, you know, and for anybody who doesn't know about that, mm-hmm. for us, we were probably neighbors with the Wampanoag. But the, prob- the, th- the thing that came out was we had these, you know, they just called them prophets. They came to the people and talked to them about a time that, it, that they needed to take this migration. I mean, they needed to go westward because they couldn't stay where they're at. Because if they're to stay where they're at, this was before any pre-contact with any Europeans, that if they stayed where they were at, they would no longer be a people. And so this is where their journey took them. But see here, these Wampanoag, they stayed there. They had to stay. They, they decided to stay there. And that's, that's where this connection comes in. So when I start thinking of Thanksgiving, I start to remember, you know, this is what this is about. But I get the feeling a lot of churches have this one story, right? They continue to, to, to take this story about the pilgrims. And they talk about how Christianity is uh mm-hmm. it had its manifest destiny here they were going to be a great nation that was going to bless all the peoples of the earth right yeah well it definitely goes back to the that first book in the bible for sure you get that manifest destiny from that you know the dominion in yes. genesis 1 and genesis 2 dominion means to dominate or have power over yes uh, yes you know, and I was just thinking about that, and I was remembering, oh, man, I remember reading something by somebody. I thought, you know, that just really, it's really just encapsulates really what Christians think, right? They they really have this thought that they came to these shores. I mean, they they talk about the Mayflower Compact. You know, you have to remember that. They, they use that, too, right? But when you, you know, they said, you know, here's, here's like one of the articles of Federation, right? The, I was trying to find, there was this Mayflower Compact, but when, they, when you see these names, here it is. This is part of that, when you, when you read this, you have to listen to it, what they're saying. It says, in the name of God, amen, whose names are underwritten, having undertaken for the glory of God, and the advancement of the Christian faith of voyage to plant the first colony and do by these present solemnly and mutually in the presence of God, combined ourselves in the civil body politic. And then they talk about, they take it from there. This is like the only nation that has ever been founded, you know, for the glory of God, right. And the advancement of the Christian faith. But it's like, that's very problematic. Because here, mm-hmm. these 
fleeing from persecution. But they, what they don't realize and what people themselves don't realize, and we see this in all kinds of different movements, even in South, South Africa. Mm -hmm. So when you're oppressed, right, you, 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 if you don't get rid of all that colonialism, you become a worse oppressor than the one that was oppressing you because you never got rid of that, right? And to me, that's where I think about this story. It was like, why, why did God lead Israel from Egypt out into the wilderness? Because the Israelites had a lot of Egyptian in them, right? They had a lot of that thinking and the way things were, were to be. And you have to get rid of that. You, you have to, we mm -hmm. today decolonizing, right? Yeah. And to get rid of this thought, you know, you're, of how this is, you're decolonizing, you come back to as a real community, a caring, loving community. And to me, I think when, when it talks about Jesus being the way, that's what he was teaching. You know, mm -hmm. he was way to not only decolonize from where you're at, that's what he stood against. That, that's why the empire crucified him. I mean, they wanted to mm. kill him, right? Because mm. he was not all about the empire. And that's where today, as Christians, we kind of have to reflect on that a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So this story, just another one of them, same narrative. We, we look at it at that time to reflect why it's important, you know, what it really was about, so that you know non-native people can actually see and sit with knowing you know you didn't have a manifest destiny right mm -hmm. maybe, maybe god was taking them and this is just my thought maybe god was taking them europeans out into the wilderness mm -hmm. to become to get rid of all that they had in them that they didn't need anymore right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like really teach them the way it wasn't that they were going to be showing these people a greater way because i think i find myself i just find more of my teachings are much more relevant than some of the, these these other teachings that i get from christianity it gives it more meaning mm -hmm. you know it doesn't yeah. just take like a thought of all this stuff you know so. yeah, i was just thinking you know it's like when you say decolonize it's sort of like you know, we, we got to deprogram or, or debug, you know, we get these antiviruses for our, for our, for our hardware so that, so that, you know, all this stuff doesn't come and mess up our software, you know? And so I'm thinking, you know, it's not that easy though. You can't just go out and buy a antivirus. Uh, and it's not a technical fix, what you're right. talking about. This decolonizing might, you know, it's going to take generations, but if we, if we don't start now, then we'll just keep handing it off from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. And it's, uh, it's really, to me, I like how you said it with Jesus being that, uh, that way, you know, then way means walking. And the people were walking from, from over there to the West because they received that, that prophecy from creator. The other thing you said that really struck me, Kevin was, um, you know how those people came over traumatized and maybe they were led out into the wilderness well you know what they saw in the native americans was uh paganism and evil devil witchery you know they had witchcraft trials all those things were going on over there the salem witchcraft trials and all that and yeah. you know i was just thinking you know, maybe maybe 
they were a self-fulfilling prophecy for, for themselves. You know, they were, they were seeing that this, that who they were, you know, all these things that were inside of them, all these traumas that they weren't healing is mm -hmm. like, they were projecting them out onto the people that were already there. Right. And they said, Oh, well, look at that demon or look at that pagan or look, they're not like us. We got to, well, they're not even human. Right. So I guess we got to be the first ones here. And that's that what they call the doctrine of discovery. I keep learning about that doctrine yeah. of discovery that goes way back. And just because it's uh, rooted in the, in the Holy Roman empire with, with what they call the, uh, the Pope and his uh, papal bulls saying that, you know, you can go out and, and claim this land in the name of, you know, the Holy Roman empire, just because it's a different empire doesn't mean it's not, you know, standing standing our souls right yeah that's very true and i think that when they came over they ended up having this idea they were the new israel right so mm -hmm. who these native people they're the canaanites right yeah they, exactly they have to drive them out you know and and, you know, I think sometimes somebody had said something once that really struck me about, you know, when you're really being blessed, that's probably the most dangerous time in your life. Right. Because that's the yep. time when when you can go in a wrong direction easily. Mm -hmm. yep. You equate being blessed like, oh, I'm I'm on the right path. Right. I'm on the right path just because you're being blessed. Right. You're getting and, righteous. <laughs> but, but I think sometimes, you know, I think sometimes we even have that mixed up about what the, the mercy of God is, you know, that yeah. kind, kindness of God. I think yeah. sometimes we change that word mercy the more. It sounds. But when you just say that loving kindness, right, that loving kindness, like get you man to do, you know. Beautiful, you know, in some translations, get you man to do his great spirit, but also it's beautiful, great one, a kind, gentle spirit, right? So sometimes I think we need to change words just because we get too much associated with different words, mm -hmm. get, you know. Yeah, so that's sort of like, you know, the as above, so below, the universal law of correspondence that I learned a long time ago. And Right. Um, if you got that long view, you can start to see how things are unfolding here and, and, and the narrative, the arc of the narrative or the arc of the story is so much longer and rounder and nonlinear than, than some of right. uh, the short, short term, short term stories that we tell. And, and this one that you've been you know, doing an autopsy on this, this uh, national holiday we call Thanksgiving, I think that's yeah. really a short really a short short shelf life on that story it's only been around like you said for a couple hundred years or whatever and man that's really a short amount of time compared to the prophecy the seven seven sometimes eight you know council fire you know those right. fires that were that were coming you know that's maybe nine ten thousand years old some of that stuff yeah yeah so you know it's just uh just trying share what we can with our students because we know they don't they don't get taught that in, in the classrooms <clears throat> so
So it's always, you know, we try to share that, let them know. And uh, sometimes they're out there correcting the teachers. <laughs> yeah. So which yeah. is good. But it, it's just like, because, you know, them are our leaders. So they're mm-hmm. learning, you know, they're learning to take courage to speak up. Be brave. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know. I know. There's no. Uh, you know. There's no quick fix. There's no. There's no switch that we can turn on a circuit breaker to decolonize our minds and reset them. But you know, I think you've given us a clue as a white male Christian pastor in a Protestant denomination. You've given me a clue of how you know I can set my mind in a different way when I approach. Uh, an Anishinaabe um, elder or someone that I, you know, I'd like to have a a deeper conversation about some of these things. And so what we're talking about, I think, is, is what we do in church, you know, or what we try to do in church where where we, where we make it a refuge and a sanctuary where people can come and hopefully be them true, their true selves, you know, really be, be, uh, bear their souls in in front of, in front of the, uh, their God and, and, and obviously their community. Right. Yeah. Just be authentic. You know? mm-hmm. uh, society teaches us not to be authentic. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much. So and, then, and then, you know, if you're authentic first, it, 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 I think it's so much easier to get to that place of reciprocity. Right. It's so, it just seems so, it's just the natural step. You know, it's like, well, what's the next step here? We're being authentic. Well, how about some reciprocity? <laughs> how about some, how about some reparation or how about some restoration? <laughs> you know, hey, and, yeah. and that's what this podcast series is all about is this, you know, this, this, this decision that was made in Duluth about some property that was sold and, you know, don't just stuff it away in some uh, endowment fund. Let's, let's, let's start it. Let's go back. Let's walk back and have an, have a relationship again. And, and at least, you know, you know, don't plead ignorance, but say, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to correct something here. And, uh, right. this, this is what we're doing with it. Acknowledging, acknowledging, uh, you know, there's been some missteps and, and that's, and that's really saying things in a pretty, uh, uh, glazed glazed over way <laughs> right. missteps um i think everybody knows you know this is this is uh this is r-rated stuff mm-hmm. and you know not for the faint of heart if you really get into this history um, right. it's going to be it's going to be an autopsy and that and that's what you've been able to do for us today kevin and i, I want you to have the last yeah. word and and have the sign off and everything. So I'm just going to say, you know, we're coming to, to a, a nice place here, a nice closure for this, this little episode. And, um, um, boy, I really appreciate you and I'm glad, I'm glad to know you. And, and, um, uh, and, and if we become, um, close friends, I think my life will be a, a heck of a lot, uh, more fun and, and a lot more laughing and, and a lot more, uh, of, uh, of that authenticity coming through. So thank you. Thank you. Miigwech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, really know what words to say. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, some of the biggest changes is trying to look, you know, if you're looking at in the Bible, you know, the big book, you know, just try and recognize mm-hmm. some things mm-hmm. that 
from uh, Empire View. Mm-hmm. Things that come from a uh, creator creation view, right? I think like Genesis is, you know, is such a creator creation view. Then you get into different areas of the Bible and especially when you're talking about kings, you know, it, it gives more of an empire view. And to understand there's some differences in there. But uh, that's a one way to start to decolonize a little bit. You know, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good people that have been sharing their thoughts and and uh, you just have to kind of look it up and and uh, reach out, ask if you want, you know. Um, other than that, I don't really have a lot more wisdom <laughs> than just, you know, just be authentic, you know, be truthful. It's hard to be because sometimes when you're not sure of how you're going to be accepted for being truthful, you know, so we always put on this facade, you know, but uh, find people that you can be truthful with, right? It'll make a big difference in your life. That's all I have to say. Miigwech, thank you for listening. Miigwech, thank you for joining us on Broken Lands. For more information about the Duluth reparations, please visit us at togetherhere.org. Broken Lands is produced by the Northeastern Minnesota Synod of Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and Together Here Ministries in cooperation with Walks Back Collective. I'm your host, Matthew Cobb. This episode was produced and edited by Matt Shedd. Miigwech, thank you so much for walking together with us today. Gika Wapa Min. See you again.